when a dust-up is a good thing. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Drought is threatening one of the biggest fruit and vegetable producing countries for all of the European Union, Spain. Nearly half of Spain's crop exports, like lettuce and strawberries, have been grown in the southeastern part of the country that uses diverted water from the river Tagus to the north. However, Euronews reports that facing climate change and increased desertification, the government has decided to limit the amount of water taken from the river, which has dropped so low in some areas it's possible to cross by foot. Drought has hit Spain and other parts of Europe since 2018, and last summer was the hottest ever. At the end of April this year, Spain endured a heat wave similar to what usually happens in July or August. A report last week by the organization World Weather Attribution showed the heat wave would almost certainly not have happened without human-induced climate change. To make matters worse, there are high chances of El Nino conditions occurring in the Pacific Ocean by September, which would likely fuel higher global temperatures. The basis for life in the ocean is phytoplankton, plant-like organisms that live close to the surface and provide food for a range of marine animals. Also called microalgae, phytoplankton require nutrients including nitrates, phosphates, and sulfur to survive. And according to new research led by Oregon State University, they obtain much of it from atmospheric dust that's lifted from the land into the air by wind and is transported vast distances. As Earth.com explains, the dust is composed of small particles of various minerals and organic compounds that come from both natural sources, such as deserts or wildfires, as well as from human activities, such as agriculture. Phytoplankton sequester carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and convert it into organic matter through photosynthesis, some of which sinks to the deep sea and is locked away. The amount of dust in the atmosphere can be influenced by everything from volcanic eruptions to land use changes and is not always beneficial. It can contribute to air pollution and erosion. However, the new study shows that by supporting phytoplankton, dust can play a big role in mitigating climate change. As Kermit the Frog would tell you, it's not easy being green, and the Federal Trade Commission says it should be for consumers, but not for imposters. Since 1992, the FTC has published its Green Guide to help companies avoid making deceptive marketing claims in response to a growing demand for environmentally friendly and sustainable goods by consumers who have no way of vetting products that tout everything from being recyclable to organic. The guides, which were most recently revised in 2012, are about to get a makeover in part to tackle issues like greenwashing following complaints that fossil fuel companies, big agriculture, major food producers, and other polluting industries are making claims that don't pass the sniff test. The new version will also attempt to take the gray area out of green terms, such as net zero, biodegradability, carbon offsets, or other vague language that implies corporate responsibility but lacks a precise definition. The FTC's goal is to clarify rules for companies and outline how they can substantiate their claims, such as product certifications and seals of approval that imply, for example, that materials or energy sources are renewable. For consumer, environmental, and clean energy groups, 
The objective would be to stop what has been called an insidious campaign of disinformation aimed at capitalizing on consumers' concerns. The guides are non-binding but could help the FTC when it takes legal action against companies. The public can submit comments by June 13th and attend a workshop titled Talking Trash at the FTC on May 23rd to discuss recycling. And finally, it might be time to show moss some respect. Mosses have lived on Earth for over 450 million years, surviving in extremes from the driest deserts to the windswept hills of Antarctica. Despite covering an area equal to the landmass of Canada, mosses haven't been studied as much as other plants, but according to a new report, we'd be lost without them. Researchers from the University of New South Wales, Sydney, looked at mosses growing on soil in 123 ecosystems across the globe to better understand their roles in their environments. The scientists were, in their own words, gobsmacked to learn the dozens of amazing things the plants were doing. For starters, they're good neighbors, helping to produce healthier and more biodiverse soils for nearby plants, providing habitat for microbes, and even fighting pathogens harmful to other organisms and people. Mosses take in moisture from the air, unlike vascular plants that draw up water from their roots. But mosses do have roots, called rhizoids, that anchor them to the surface, making them excellent at controlling erosion. On top of all that, the authors say mosses are a vital ally to combat climate change, storing over six gigatons more carbon than bare soils without plant cover. Unfortunately, mosses are threatened globally by livestock, land clearing, and even changing climates. That said, mosses might outlive us in the end. The researchers found that when some dry out, they don't die. They can live in suspended animation forever until they receive water and spring back to life. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.